So this is interesting. I mean, this is a category of mitzvahs. This is like a little bit of a discussion on its own. Is that usually when we think of mitzvahs, that the Ramam counts, a mitzvah we usually associate with something that you have to do. But the truth is, in the Rambam, when he lists the 613, there's a whole category within the 613 that are classified as mitzvahs, but it doesn't mean that you have to do them. It just means, like, halachas. Like, this is just how things are done if you so choose to do it. So this is one of those examples where the Rambam is counting over here the mitzvah of a carbon oiler. And that doesn't mean that you have to bring a carbon oiler in particular. It just means the halachas of a carbon oiler, that if a carbon oiler is brought in the Vesa Migdash, this is the procedure of it, that's counted as a mitzvah. So, yeah, which, which really tells you that the word mitzvah that we translate as a command is probably a little bit off. Because command means that you have to do something. This is not telling you that you have to bring an oiler. It's just saying that these are the halachas of an oiler. So, I mean, that's, you know, the word mitzvah also comes from the word tzavsa, which means a connection. So that's maybe a little bit more of, a, of an appropriate translation. That it's just a, uh, a truth that the Rabbana Shalom is giving us. And so that's the, the mitzvah over here is, to, is the halachas of a carbon oiler, which means... Which means that all the any carbon oil that's brought in the Vesa Megdash, whether it be a personal one or a communal one, that it should be in this following procedure. In, 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 these, in these procedures, again, he's not listing them right now, but you look in, in Chumash and you look in, uh, in Halacha, you'll see the procedure of bringing carbon oil. And that's the mitzvah to bring a carbon oil in its proper procedure. And that's right in the beginning of Parshas Vayikra. That if a person brings a carbon oila, then so on and so forth, this is what you do. If the person is bringing a carbon oila, then again, the halachas continues. So that's the 63rd mitzvah, is the procedure of how to bring a carbon oila. So for the next few minutes, it won't take too long, I don't think, so let's go through the procedure of a carbon oila. There's different types of carbon oilas, so we have to break it down a little bit. There's basically two types. A carbon oila in general is a nadava. It's a carbon that a person can bring voluntarily. It's not, uh, person's never really, a regular carbon oil a person's never really obligated to bring. You just, something that you want to do. What is the carbon oil for if a person is bringing a carbon oil? So Chazal say the purpose of a carbon oil is twofold. First of all, a person can just always bring a carbon oil as a darn, as a present to Hashem to just sort of express their takar satayv or their havas Hashem to just make that connection between him and the Rabbani Shalom stronger. That's always a possibility. There's another scenario where a person could bring a carbon oila, and that's for a particular kapara. Now, a big avera doesn't bring a carbon oila, but the type of avera or you know, issue that a carbon oila is custom-made for is if a person neglected a mitzvah or violated a lav hanitik lase, a, a prohibition that's sort of in a positive form. So in other words, any, any you know, a, a real aveira is not for a carbon oil, that you bring a chatas and other things, but uh, a carbon oil is brought, again, either as just a present for Hashem to show that closeness, or, or if there's a slight aveira that was done in terms of he didn't do a mitzvah properly and so on. 
That's the purpose of a carbonyla. Now, when it comes to a carbonyla, there's basically two types. There's a carbonyla of an animal, right? That's the livestock, and then there's a carbonyla of a bird. So we'll talk about first, let's say, the procedure of bringing a carbonyla of an animal. Okay. Now, what type of animal can you use for a carbonyla? So the first and foremost, it has to be kosher. That's obviously it has to be kosher. Not all kosher animals are kosher for are, are used for carbonus. The pasuk talks about um, has to be. Um, farm animals, basically. Like a deer, for example, is kosher, but it's a wild animal. That's not good for a carbon. So it has to be a sheep, a goat, a ram, a cow. These are things that are, uh, that are kosher for a carbon island. So it's like this. The, only, the, the real only difference between, let's say, a cow or a sheep, you know, like within animals, within livestock that you're bringing as a carbon island, the only real practical difference is in terms of, we'll see soon, that a carbon island is unique, is that the entire animal is burnt on the fire. You have to butcher it, you have to cut it into pieces, as we'll speak about, and then you, then the kahanim would take the pieces, ascend the mizbech, and put it on the fire. The, the difference between a cow versus, let's say, a sheep or so on, the only difference really is, is in terms of how many kahanim are involved in bringing the limbs of the animal up to the fire, because with a sheep, you could have only just a few kahanim handle it, it's not such a huge animal. Talking about a cow, you need a lot of teamwork. So that's really the only difference between you know, what type of animal you're using. But let's start from the beginning, okay? I'm a farmer, whatever it is, I'm, uh, I want to bring a carbonyla, whether it's just because it's been a while since I went to the Beis Amikdash and I just want to, I want to, you know, I want to bring a carbon, or there was a mitzvah that I didn't do properly and I want to have a kapar for that. So I go to my chves, uh, my sheep, or my cow, or my goat, whatever it is, I say, Herezu oila, I sanctify it as an oila. I sanctify it as an oila. Now the truth is, Again, I'll just, just go through the procedure. The, the truth is, you can do that wherever. Like if, let's say, you know, I'm, you know, I have, I have a farm in, 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 in Tzfat or something, whatever it is. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm able to, right then and there, sanctify my cow, my sheep as a carbonyla. And then I'll make the trip to Yerushalayim. The Gemara says that, that the Chacham made a takana that you shouldn't do that. You should only sanctify the animal as your mamish in the Beis HaMikdash or about to enter into the Beis HaMikdash because we're concerned about the, you know, the trip from you know, your farm to Yerushalayim, who knows what might happen, you might mistakenly use the animal for your own benefit, accidentally put something on it to carry, and that's a problem of me'ila, you can't use your own benefit from a carbon. So that's to avoid, you want to be able to be makdashit only when you're about to enter the Beis HaMikdash. Fine. I come to the Beis HaMikdash, harezu oila. So the first, the first step is what's called smicha. That's the first thing to do. Smicha is that you lean, the owner leans his entire body weight with his hands, leans his entire body weight on the animal, and, uh, and if he's bringing it for the purposes of an Avera or some lack of a mitzvah that he didn't do, he confesses that. He, does, he says, Vidui. If it's for just a present, then there's nothing particularly he's confessing. There's still a mitzvah to do smicha. And he, uh, he says, it's He says something that the Rabban Shalom should be makabal, his carbon baratzen, and so on. That's the halach of smicha. Now, right after smicha is done, the Gemara says, take it with shechita. Right away, shechita should be done. This should not, you know, there shouldn't be any time lapse between the two things. So after smicha, then what happens is, now it's time for the, the four steps, the, the basic, uh, the, the most important, let's put it this way. The most important process of a carbon is what's called avodas hadam. The steps that are done in terms of, of getting the blood on the mezbeach. There are four basic parts to that. The shechita, kabbalah, haylach, and zrika, right? You shech the animal, which can be done by anyone. Anyone that knows how to shech, it uh, can be done by anyone. There's a machlekes in the Rishayim 
whether the knife that was used for shechita on a carbon, does it have to be a klisharis? Does it have to be a designated knife and a sanctified knife by the base of English? Or can anyone, you know, you bring a knife from home, you're a shaykhet anyway, you bring your, your chalaf, you can do that too. That's the machalakis rishayna. It seems that most rishayna are of the opinion that the, the, the shechita, the knife to use to, to the shechita had to be a klisharis. It had to be owned by the base of English. And there's some sort of kedusha, there's some sort of sanctification that's actually happening when you shech the animal because you're using a klisharis. In other words, when you officially, when you first designated the animal as a carbon, so it becomes holy. And it seems, according to many Rishonim, that it becomes even holier. There's some sort of intensified kedusha that sets in with the act of shechita itself. So it's interesting, although the shechita can be done by any Yisrael, but he should be using a klisharis of the Beis HaMikdash, and it actually makes the animal that much more holy. So that's even though, even though he's a Yisrael. There is, by the way, a... Uh, a Ritva and Yuma, the Ritva talks about this, that the Ritva, the Ritva says that even though any Yisrael can do the Shechita, L'chatechila kain should do it. Or L'chatechila kain should do it. You know, so that was, uh, that's how he explains the whole story with Shmuel, Hamel, Shmuel Hanavi. Uh, you know, I'm talking about where, where Shmuel is three years old, he goes to the base of the Mishkan for the first time, and his mother is there and everything, they're bringing a carbon, and they're looking around, they're looking around for a kain, right? And there's no kain there. And so the animal's sitting and waiting, and so Shmuel, three years old, says, what are you talking about? Shechit is kosher bizarre. Why do you have to wait for a kind? Get any, uh, anyone can do it. Any Yisrael can do it. And so Eli hears about this, right? And Eli says, good gezogt. He said, good, you're right. But Lemaiser, you were Meir Hara. You know, you paskin something in front of the Godel Hadar, who is classified as your Rebbe, automatically. And so that's uh, not a good thing. It's a whole, a whole mice ensues. So Ritva says, I don't get it. Like, so for centuries... Like, so for centuries they were using kahanim and like they were just wrong. You never needed to, to do kahanim. Like, how, how does that work? Like, Shmuel Anovi just like, you know, revealed to them that for centuries they've been doing something wrong. So he says, no, no, no. Everyone agrees that you should use a kain. Shmuel's point was, is that right now when you're, when you're weighing the options of pushing off the shechita to find a kain or just doing it right now, bezrizas, using Yisrael, Shmuel was saying, do bezrizas with a Yisrael. But everyone agrees that you should use a kain, which is why for centuries, like, it wasn't a, they always used kahanim. That's al kapanim, that's the shechita. So the shechti animal, the shechita of a carbonyla, again, if I'm going too quick, I'm just going through the procedure. Uh, I think it's a good thing to, to visualize these things, you know, because Bez Hashem should, uh, should come soon. So that where, where does the shechita take place? So in carbonus, there's two classifications of carbonus. There's, we say this in Ezeel Mekayman. There's carbonus which are called kachi kachin, holy of holies, and then there's carbonus which are called kachi kalim, not as holy. And ayla is classified as kaidish kachin. Any carbon that's within that classification, the shechita has to be in the north part of the azar, the courtyard, which is like sort of the north uh, from the Mizbeach and up. So that's the, that's the area in which the shechita would take place. So you shech the animal, fine. And then immediately they would have a kayan standing by with a cup, with a, some sort of uh, receptacle over there to catch the blood that comes off of the neck of the animal right away. Because the Gemara talks about this, that when you shech an animal, there's all different uh, gradations of blood that comes out. And so the, the, the blood that you really want to use to do this rika and to pour on the mizbech is the dam, the, like the, sort of the lifeblood. And that's the... The, the, the blood that shoots out right away. So you want to have a kain standing right there, ready to receive it. And that has to be the kain already. That, that already, from then on, it's all kahanim for sure. So the Kabbalah is done. Then after the, enough blood is received in that vessel, 
they would then do step three, which is halacha, walking it to the mizbech. Even though it seems that walking the blood to the mizbech is just like a necessary, because you know, you're not there, so you have to walk. But that was considered an avayda. It was an avayda of walking to the mizbech. That was considered a chashad avayda. It could only be done with a kain. You can't have anyone else transported. The transporting itself was a chashad thing. It was an avayda. That's step two. Step three is throwing the blood on the mizbech. Now, how would that take place? So it's like this. The, 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 uh, in the, it's hinted to in the Pasuk, but Chazal really, the tradition of Chazal really explain it more. What you would do is you would, the ramp of the Mizbeach was on its southern side. Okay, so if you can imagine, the Mizbeach is in the middle of the courtyard, and the southern side of the Mizbeach, that's where the ramp is. What the kind would do is take the blood, walk up the ramp, okay, and then what he would do is he would go to two opposite corners. The Mizbeach is a square, right, it's a cube. So he would go to two opposite corners, stand at somewhat of a distance, and pour and, and, and throw, basically, some of the blood on a particular corner, thus the blood would sort of splatter on these two corners, like an L-shape, sort of, right? And he would do the same thing to the opposite side, the opposite corner. So the two corners would be, he would, again, he would go up the ramp on the, from the south, and the two corners would be uh, the southwestern corner, right? He would pour in the southwestern corner, and the northeastern corner, right? Those are the two sides that he would pour, he would throw some blood, and it would be, and he would make sure to try to get the blood, not just like, you know, a minimum, just a, on the corner. You want it to splatter on both opposite sides. So on some level, all four sides of the Mizbech have blood on them, right? The two, the corner of the south, uh, of, uh, southwest and the corner of the northeast. That's how the Zerika was done. And that's the main thing of the carbon. Huh? So what happens, right, so in other words, what happens is, right, so the Mizbech, yeah, yeah, he's throwing it in front of him. Notice the Mizbech was built um, it's hard to describe. The Mizbech was built like sort of cubes on top of cubes, like smaller little things. So there, and there was a ramp, and then there was a walkway around, around the Mizbech. So the Kayan, so in other words, the Miz, let, me, let, me, let me take a step back. The Mizbech was built in such a way where it was divided sort of into two halves. There's a top, top half where the actual corners of the Mizbech are on, where the, fire, the platform where the fire is, everything's, all the stuff that's happening is on top, right? And there will be a walkway to get up there, because we'll see soon the Kayan has to get to the top of his back to put things on the fire, to, you know, a lot of stuff that has to go on there. So there was a walkway to get all the way to the top. But then the bottom half of the Mizbeach, that's actually, there was, that's where the ramp would end. And there was a little bit of a walkway around there. And that's where the Kayan would throw the blood of the Karbanayla. So the, the blood of the Karbanayla would be on sort of the bottom half of the Mizbeach, on those two opposite corners, okay? That's what we'll see. Now, he's throwing it from the floor. He's, he's no, he's he's, he's up. He's cl- he climbed the ramp. He's not all the way up. He's on the half. He's on yeah, like at half like mark. There was like a rim around it. Yeah, yeah. Enough. It, it was wide enough for a person to stand relatively comfortably. I mean, the mizbech was a sizable thing. It was not a small. In the Mishkan of Meishar Rabbeinu, the mizbech was relatively small. It was only like an amma by an, it was not very big. But by the Beis Hamikdash, it was like thirty-two ammas by thirty-two ammas. This was a sizable space. So he would there would be enough room for him to walk around. You know, to be able to, to manage that. Um, and there was like, not a ramp, but like a step or a walkway or something, some sort of uh, way to get up. We're not, to, I mean, he wasn't like, you know, hand over foot climbing, you know what I'm saying? But uh, there was a way to get up there. But the carbon oil was all on the bottom in terms of the blood. So when it's, it's bottom, when the case is a bottom and top, he's yeah. literally throwing down. 
No, he's probably eye level because he's on the bottom. Now he's on the lower half right now, and so he's throwing to uh, as long as it's on the lower half. That's the point. There was a mesh. There was a copper mesh net netting that divided the top half and the lower half. So that's what, the, the perimeter walk around area is that above or below the. Uh, that's within the lower half. That's within the lower half. So he was standing there, and he's able to pour the blood on those two adjacent corners. So once the blood is done, the carbon is officially kosher. If, let's say, for whatever reason, something happens to the rest of the flesh, the guy was going to say his carbon, the main thing is the blood. But, okay, preferably what you go on is now the next pro- part of the process, which is to, uh, to take the flesh of the animal and to burn that on the mizbeh. Now, uh, what they would do is as follows. The Ramam talks about this. Again, I'm not going to bog you down with the butchering details so much, but the process was as follows, is that they would now... Um, they would now take the animal and do the process of skinning and butchering, cutting up into many different pieces. Uh, the halacha was, by the way, that the, 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 the types of pieces that you would cut, the type the butchery that would take place was specific. It wasn't just like, okay, cut into whatever you want. It was, it was a specific method of what limbs to cut off and how and so on. But I'll upon him, whatever it is, you go through the details, you, they would butcher the animal. Um, and then when everything is, is already laid out, they would have a number of kahanim partaking in the process of leading the animal up the ramp, the limbs of the animal up the ramp. As I mentioned, I think when it comes to like smaller livestock, like sheep and goats and rams and things like that, I think with six kahanim altogether to be used to carry all the different body parts up, when it came to a cow, like a, a bull, whatever, a bigger animal, I think the number was much bigger. Yeah, 20, 24 kahanim. 24 kahanim needed to carry up the, the cow all the way up because you're talking about you know, you're talking about a very, very big cow. The person that's bringing the mock the carbon, mm-hmm. his job end, ends by putting, putting all his weight on the... Yeah, that's end. the last thing he has to do. So he doesn't have to stick around to watch? He doesn't have to stick around. Um, well, the, no, the Gemara says that the owner of a carbon should be present. He should be present as the sacrifice is being brought. But in terms of his, like, actual involvement, the only thing he has to do is smicha. After that, he could do the shechita as well, if he knows, if he wants to. But, uh, but yeah, his actual involvement ends there. There's no chiv for him to do anything. He has to be present and to watch, but the kahanim now take over, and uh, that's the way it goes. So when the limbs are now laid out, again, whether it's a small animal or a big animal, the kahanim now, now bring all the limbs up to the ramp, okay? We talked about this last week, that they, they would then place all the limbs on the ramp itself and salt it, right? That's where the salting happened to the animal. And then they would continue up the ramp, all the way up to the top, because that's where the fire was. And it's interesting, the halacha is, is that just as the blood was thrown from somewhat of a distance, it was thrown to those opposite corners, so the halacha is also the, an- the limbs of the animal also has to be thrown on the fire. So they can't just place it gently using uh, pitchforks or whatever, they have to literally stand from a distance and throw it on the fire. Now what's interesting is, is that once they throw it on the fire, it's in- invariably not going to be organized in a proper way. So then they would go and use, uh, you know, tongs and whatever, different instruments, to arrange it on the fire. But the halacha was, it has to be with zrika. It had to be with zrika. It has to, the blood had to be thrown, and the limbs had to be thrown as well. <laughs> After it was thrown, then you could organize it properly. Is there a significance that we can, obvious, or like, what, something easily seen? With zrika? Like, why, why, why the throwing? So we'll see. When we get to the, the premise of what the Indian of a carbon oil is, possibly we'll, we'll maybe something will, will come to us. <laughs> but yeah, that's the, that's, the, that's the halacha when it comes to that. Uh, yeah. 
usually the dom, the procedure of the blood would be first, and then once that was done, then they would. A lot of mentioned they can't just bring them all the same time. Right, 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 right. So that's that's true. There would be a whole. There would be probably a backlog of uh, of carbonas. Like Mark talks about this that that the zrika, the the reason why I'm saying zrika has to be first is because there's just it's more time sensitive. The zrika has to be done during the day. And even after the blood congeals, it's going to be a problem. So they would have also people, like, if, if need be, they would have people mixing the blood, making sure. That's what the Gemara talks about, that the cup that they would use to receive the blood, it was like a cone shape. Like when you get, like, from, like, a water cooler, like, you know, those. It, they wanted to avoid there being any mistake of, like, putting it down. Because if the blood sits for a minute, you know, it'll become congealed and won't be able to be, uh, to be used properly. So they would be, so the, the blood, because it's more time sensitive, that was like right away, as much as, as quick as possible. In terms of burning the limbs, that could be, that could be even at night. Although you, you, don't, you can't push it off till the next day, but I'll go upon him, it could be done after Shkia and after Tseis as well. So that was a little bit more, you know, you had more time. He doesn't have to, no. The Salach is, the, the, the owner has to be present for the most vital part of the carbon, which is the which is the dam, which is the dam. After that, I'm sure he would like to be present and to see it. But but uh, like like I said, even if even if the, the, the limbs somehow get lost, they become tame or whatnot. The carbon is still kosher as long as the dam was was done properly. If the dam isn't done, right? If the dam gets lost or it becomes tame or whatever, then the carbon is possible and the, the person has to uh, bring a new carbon if. You know, depending on why he's bringing a carbon, he might have to bring a new carbon anyway. Can you bring the limbs first and the fire before the blood? No, so the dom is first. The dom has to be first. The dom is first. The dom is first. That's, yeah. that's, what, that's, what makes, that's what makes the chalais uh, of the carbon. And then you continue with the, uh, with the blood. There was a whole, there's a whole procedure, again, I mean, I, I, there's a whole procedure about how to escort the limbs up. And again, like, like I said, how to butcher it and so on. That's the basic, that's the basic halacha. Now again, when it comes to the carbonoid, the entirety of the animal was burnt. There was no portion that was left over to be eaten by anyone. That's what a carbonoid is. So everything was burnt. The halacha talks about what happens if uh, certain parts of the, of the animal was broken off before. Uh, let's say the horns or some hair. Those are, those are details. Okay, that's in terms of the carbon, of a carbonoid that's an animal. Now, what if a per- there's another type of carbon, which is a person that donates a, you know, uh, volunteers to bring a carbon oil, an oil that's a bird. So a bird has a very different procedure, a very different procedure. But it's a relatively simple one. The types of birds that you can bring are basically a dove, uh, a tar or, or a yaina types of do- doves, pigeons, these are the, the types of, and there's, this, there's a small window, they have to be a certain age and a certain type, again, there's a, there's a window of opportunity when it comes to a bird, but fine, the person brings the bird to the Mizbech, so what happens is, is that the kind would then go to the, the southern part of the Mizbech near the ramp, and instead of shechting the bird like normally, then when it comes to, let's say, for example, our own person, you need chicken or something, so we paskin that you have to she- you know you have to shecht it. It's a question in the Gemara whether shechitas ha'ayf, whether shechting, whether you need to shecht birds for your own personal consumption. Is that from the Torah or is that midrabanan? But but we definitely definitely shecht. When it comes to the Beis Hamikdash, they wouldn't do shechita the way we usually do shechita on a on a bird. They would do malika. Malika is that the kain would would you have, you have the bird facing facing away from the kain. He would use his fingers to hold on to the bird's wings and feet. And then he would use his nail, his right hand, he would use the, the, his nail to basically decapitate the bird from the back of the neck. Okay? So 
the kind would, these kahana would have somewhat longer fingernails on the thumb, and that's what the malika was. And there's a difference between, uh, let's say, an oila sa'if, what they would do is, for if it's an oila, they would completely decapitate the bird's head. It was completely off. What if they didn't do the whole thing? Huh? No, a czar cannot do this. Malika is dafka the kain. Right, right, right. It's, it's interesting. It's dafka kain. Only a kain is allowed to do the malika. Um, yeah, and it's such a thing, if it's not a carbon, it's, it's one of those strange, uh, it's not the coincidence, but it's a, it's a strange zach where if this was done to a non-carbon, it would make it an available. That's not, you know, you wouldn't be allowed to eat such a thing. Um, and, and, and vice versa. And if you did a regular shechita to a carbon, it would also make it possible. So the imamish, uh, the imamish are opposites in this way. So fine, after you do that, then the kain would ascend the mizbeach, okay? And he would then go and take the head and take the body and squeeze the blood. I know it's a little bit gory, but he would take the blood and, and, and head and body and squeeze the blood onto uh, the corner of the mizbeach. That's what he would do. And then he would remove the entrails from the bird, put it, there was a, a designated area to the east of the Mizbech, a pile of like, you know, ashes and, you know, stuff, you know, that needed to be cleared away. So he would put the entrails there. And then he would take the head and the body and put it on the fire. That's basically how it was. Again, the entire thing was consumed with the fire. That's basically a process of, uh, of a carbonyla. That's basically the process of a carbonyla. And that was, uh, in, yeah, that's basically that. So now let's learn a little bit in, in, in terms of Ptimia, so what the Indian of a carbonyla is about. So what you have in front of you is from the Meishulah, from the Ishbitzer. It's the end of Parashat Tzav. Now the Ishbitzer is, is um, talking about the following Ha'ara. He says, when you, the, the, the Torah, when it talks about an Ayla, and when it talks about a Chatas, it always brings them together. The, the, the Torah always references oil and chattas at the same thing. Like, for example, where it talks about where you have to shecht the oil and the chattas, it says, the the place that you shecht the oil, which is north of the courtyard, that's where you should shecht the chattas. It always, like, the oil and chattas are always uh, talked about, you know, comparing one, one to the other. And so that's what Lijritzer is pointing out. Now, he makes an observation which is as follows, that the carbon oil, a carbon oil, on the one hand, has a huge mila over a chatas, but mitzad sheni, a chatas has a huge mila over an oila. How so? So what's, what, a mila of a carbon oila, as I mentioned, is that the entirety of the animal is burnt. Right? There's no part of it that's for human beings. The whole thing goes lashem, which is a huge, uh, that's a huge thing. Now, the person's doting an oila, every single part of it goes to the rabbanashem, that's a huge mila. A chatas doesn't have that. A chatas, as, we'll, as Hashem will talk about maybe next week, whatever the, the next mitzvah when he talks about a chatas, the only, uh, some of the fats and so on go to the Mizbech, but every other part of the animal is actually eaten. So it's very much on the lower level in terms of what's being given to Rabbanu Shalom Machatas. Mitzad Sheini, the Israel points out there's something that's the reverse. In terms of where the blood goes on the Mizbech, what's interesting is, is that the Ayla, as I mentioned, the blood of the Ayla is thrown on the bottom half of the Mizbech, right? But when it comes to a Chatas, the blood of the Chatas is actually put on the top corners of the Mizbech. So the blood of the oila is, um, is, uh, is lower than the blood of the chatas. But the flesh of the oila is higher than the flesh of the chatas. So he makes sense of this. So he says like this. So it starts really in the previous page, but I just, you know, it's just a couple words, so I'll, just, I'll say it outside, then we'll move on. He says, Ki oila hu karben shal tzadik. Shal tzadik gomer. When you compare, I talked about this on Shabbos, that when you compare the oila and the chatas, it's the difference between 
Tzadik Gomer versus Baal Tshuva. That's what the difference. Because as I mentioned, why is a person bringing a chat, bringing an oila? First of all, most of the time, for no reason, I mean, there's, there's nothing that, he, that he's doing, he, he's not doing it for a kapara. If he is doing it for a kapara, it's something very slight, he didn't do a mitzvah properly. We're not talking about a big uh, balaver over here. Whereas a chatas, why is a person bringing a chatas? Because they did a serious aver, something that your chayv kar is from, something, something that's serious. It's b'shagig, but it's, but it's serious. So the carbon oil, said the Yishvitzer, compared to the carbon chatas, is, is, is tzaddik versus bal tshuva. And he says like this, v'chatas bal chet mefurish. So, a chat, so an oila is not brought in any particular chait. It's not because of any, anything wrong. It's just a, a simon of, of closeness and escarvus. That's a tzaddik. Whereas a chatis is brought on an avera, and so it's connected to the, that Jew that's classified as a balchuva. So, so first of all, he says, the fact that Torah always puts together the oila and the chatas, it's first of all to tell us the first lesson, which is that what the Rabbana Shalom is saying to us is, that this Jew who's the Baal Tshuva, right, who did something wrong and is doing Tshuva by bringing the Chatas, the Hikr of Chatas, He's connecting himself automatically right away with confidence and strength to exactly where the Tzadik is. So in other words, the, the Torah always puts them together to be Mechazik the Baal Tshuva and to tell them that, listen, you did something wrong, it's true, you're bringing Chatas, but when you bring the Chatas properly and you do Tshuva, you're good, you're fine, you're exactly where the Oila is. You're exactly where the tzaddik is. You're as connected to me in that way. Now, fine, so that's beautiful chizik. But what's the discrepancy between the blood and the flesh, right? That the blood of the, again, the blood of the oil is lower than the blood of the chatas, but the flesh of the oil is higher. So he says like this. The fact that the oil, the blood of the oil is below the border, you know, that uh, mesh netting. It's on the lower half. Although the flesh is completely consumed. So he says, Again, the oila is connected to the tzadik gomer. Completely dedicated to Rabbanu Shalom, no blemishes at all. Whereas the chatas, which is a bal its flesh is consumed, is eaten by a person. But its blood is higher. Why? He says like this, the flesh of the carbon represents the actual activities of a person. Like, when a person does a mitzvah, his body's becoming holier. When a person does an aveir, his body's becoming contaminated. In terms of the body of the person, certainly the tzaddik is greater. The tzaddik is unblemished. The tzaddik is perfect. didn't do anything wrong. So tzaddik is gewaldic. So in terms of the flesh of the carbon, which is reflective of who's bringing it, so the flesh of a carbon oila is certainly greater than the flesh of the, of the carbon chatas. So the whole thing is consumed by the Rabbani Shalom. It's such a thing. But the blood of the carbon represents that drive, the passion, the fire, the desire to come close to Hashem. That's what Dam is all about, the resichus, the, the heat of the blood, the passion, the passion. And in that way, the Baal is greater than the tzaddik. Because the tzaddik, for all of his purity, for all of his perfection, because he never slipped up, he never went down, he never necessarily had to discover within himself that fire to climb back up. But it's Davka the Baal who goes, who makes the mistake and, and falls to a low place. Thus, his body is blemished on some level, but his blood is on fire. His blood is pure. And the blood of the Chattis, therefore, is on the top half of the Mizbech. That's what he says. The screaming, the crying that the Baal offers to Hashem. That, he should, that, he should, that Hashem should help him. That gets to a place that the tzaddik can't reach. 
That's the meaning of where Chazal say that the Tzadik, the Baal goes to a, a place that the Tzadik Gomer can't reach. Okadisa Bazar, as the Zara says, the Bali Tshuva, Inun Krivin Lamalka, Yasmikul. The Zara says that the Bali Tshuva are closer to the king more than anyone else. The Inun Mashchi Elayu Briusa Deliba Yasir. And the Zara explains the reason is because they are drawn to Hashem with a, with a passion of the heart more than anyone else. And with unbelievable strength, discover the Malchut to come close to the king. So that's what makes the Balchuva. And again, when I say Balchuva, it means anyone that made a mistake. The Balchuva is superior in terms of his blood and his passion and his drive because Dafka, he has to sort of fight against, against the kind. That's why, um, you know, this is, this is a random, <laughs> completely random, but it's just an interesting thing that I, I, I saw. It, you know, historically, amongst Ashkenazim at least, the, there was always an in Friday night of eating, there's always an in a Friday night of eating fish, right? Eating fish. And, um, and by Ashkenazim, filter fish, that was the usually what people, that's what people eat. In more recent times, because people, I this because we're just, we're more, uh, you know, we have, you know, we have more available to us than they used to be. So very often you'll find, especially for Simchas, filter fish and also salmon, right? It's not uncommon to have salmon Friday night too. So, okay, it's just one of those, it's random, okay, why not? What's wrong with salmon? Nothing. I, I, I saw from one of the tzaddikim in Yerushalayim who, uh, you know, who, 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 who likes explaining what Kalei Yisrael does, whether we realize it or not. He explained the Indian of having a filter fish and salmon Friday night is a big Indian of connecting the tzaddik and the Balchuva. He said because the filter fish is white and pure and simple, it's the Bechina of a tzaddik. It's the Bechina of a tzaddik. That's why the tzaddikim there's an Indian of tzaddikim eating fish, especially Friday night. But what's a salmon? What's unique to salmon is that everyone knows, right? They go against the current, right? They go, they go upstream, against the flow of Gratis. That's why it's pink, it's red. There's a certain, the dam, the dam of the, you know, of the chata, so to speak, is higher than the simple pashtas of the, of the tzaddik. And so, dafka Friday night, before Mashiach comes, it became, I'm not going to say it's a, it's a bona fide minic to have salmon Friday night, but it's definitely more common than it was by our babies and zaydis, you know? So it could be dafka, dafka before Mashiach comes, like it was so many Shabbos, where the Ruach of Elio is in the world, and there's a, it's an of, of the Heshev Levavos Albanav, Levavos Albanav, to be Miyachi, the world of the Tzadik, the Balshuva, the Oil and the Chatas. So that's an Indian of having a filter fish and salmon. So uh, I guess when it comes to Friday night, if you happen to have that, you know what to think of that. Okay, Shkayach. Right, so the the chain is uh, to balance the filter fish. That's good. Okay, and then you have then you have like uh, I don't know. I don't know. You, you have to have something to cut the the salmon. I don't know, maybe like mayonnaise or something.